Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of LA Theater Bites. I am your host, Matthew Robinson, and today I am joined by the artistic director of Little Fish Theater, Suzanne Dean. Well, we've seen several shows, LA Theater Bites, uh, at Little Fish Theater, and we've enjoyed pretty much everyone we've seen. You guys are doing some really interesting things. You've put on some great productions. You've cast wonderful actors from around the Southern California area. And you've just announced your new upcoming 2020 season. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about your upcoming season, also what this season was like, and talk a little bit about yourself and uh, how everything has been going. But the first thing, before we get into any of that, uh, we wanted to know how did you end up becoming the artistic director of Little Fish? How did you become involved with the company? We were doing Shakespeare in the Parks, and then uh, we had um, someone in San Pedro say to us, you know, what would you do if you had a building? And Lisa said, well, we would do theater year-round. So in 2002, we were given a building, the old city tow yard in San Pedro, which is a very tiny little space, and it was very depressing when we walked in because it was a tow yard and a mechanics shop. Uh, but we transformed it in 2002 to a contemporary theater. So, uh, so Lisa and I are the founders, as well as many of our company members who were there from the very beginning as well. We founded it together in 2002. So uh, it's 18 years old, Little Fish Theater, but my participation with the organization is 21 years. Wow, that's impressive. Wow, so you've really seen just everything come together with that. And this year we got to see a couple of your productions some very, very strong pieces, and uh, I particularly enjoyed uh, seeing uh, Lonesome West, which was yeah. wonderful. I mean, absolutely wonderful. You had a great stage. I mean, tell us a little bit about, because one thing I've noticed about your shows, even though you talked about the space, you have great use of the space. You really find a good way to, that show, I was so impressed. I've seen shows with much bigger budgets here in L.A., that didn't do all these really bold things with the set design. I mean, you had people <laughs> shooting up an oven. <laughs> we did, which the script does call for, and that was, you know, uh, very challenging for us, but we knew it from the get-go that we had to figure out how to do that. And I'll just say, you know, deciding to do that project and then being granted the rights, which is always, you know, a crapshoot. You never know if you're going to get the rights to a play that you really want to do. But the decision to, to try to do that play um, was a tough one. Um, we had to really think about it and talk with the company members about whether we could pull this off and also whether it would be something that the patrons would love to see because it is a dark play. It's a very dark, you know, comedy. So it was risky for us. But, but over the last three years, um, it's been very important to us to try to be a little bit more risky at the theater um, because we have an established base. We've been around. We're the longest-running theater company um, in the South Bay there, so we do know that we have you know, support from, the, from our subscribers and our patrons. Um, but we want to reach a new audience, so we figured with that play, that was a step in the direction of taking some risks and uh, attracting a new audience, which we did. Uh, so it was, you know, everyone together decides uh, what our season's going to be. Um, the company members are very involved in um, putting, submitting plays that they think that, that are good for the theater or that they want to be involved with, um, or both. Uh, and then every year we, we select the plays from those, uh, 
submissions from the company. So it's, it's a very company-driven uh, theater. Um, Lisa Coffee and I do have titles, <laughs> but the decisions are made with the, the company members completely involved, and the direction that we take the theater is uh, one that you know needs their input. They have the boots on the ground every day at the theater, so it's all done in unison. So, but we were very proud of that production. It was really wonderful. Stephanie Coltrane is one of our best directors, and she also directs for Shakespeare by the Sea. Um, so we knew putting it in her hands was going to, you know, yield us a, a really great production, and it did. And, the, and I will go back to your question about the staging in our theater. It's very important to us to, to provide the audience with a new experience every time they come to the space, but, and then not just in terms of what the show is, but what the environment is. So mm. we love having flexible staging. We've been offered fixed seating from many different theater companies that have closed over the years. And we always get the call, do you want our seating? And we always say no, because it's important to us to be able to go 360 in that space. And as much, as many times as possible in the season, we want to flip it around. So, and we have, you know, we've used every wall of that space. <laughs> and we've done in the rounds and three quarters rust and, Proscenium style, and that's what's exciting to me about theater is being able to um, offer a new environment, a new experience every time to our patrons. Yeah, I think that's something that me and Patrick, who has seen a couple of your shows this year as well, that was something that we talked about, because that everything changed so differently from play to play. You know, there's and this is not a knock on other theater uh, venues. You work with the space you have, but because you have been uh-huh allowed to do that every time you walk into a show it feels like a completely new experience and and in the best of ways well thank you i'm glad that that is working for you (laughs) (laughs) we get we do get that response from the uh our subscribers as well they're very excited every time they come in and you know a lot of them come early so that they can kind of check out the set because as you know it's a very intimate space the audience is part of the show all the time but they really get off on that. They love to, like, walk around the set, you know? And yeah. uh, sometimes they'll pull a book off the shelf or, <laughs> you know, a cup off of the table, or they'll put their cup on the table. Um, <laughs> but but that's fine. I mean, it's, we want it to be their space, you know? We want them to feel comfortable in that space. And, and as though they're entering a play, they're, they become part of the play themselves. Hmm. Now, this upcoming season... You've got quite a few interesting titles coming down the way. Uh, you're starting off in January with Pick of the Vine, which is a short play festival. And right. How long have you been doing this? Because it seems like you've been doing this for a couple of years now. <laughs> a couple, yeah. So, as I said, Little Fish has been around for 18 years, and this is the 18th season of Pick of the Vine. So we did that very first year. We didn't know what we were doing, but we just said, let's do some new short plays um, uh, for one of the slots that we did that year. Um, And then it became, it was so popular, it was so successful that we decided to do it the second year, and that's when we had to choose a name for it. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so it's the 18th season of Pick of the Vine, and every year it's all new work uh, that we discover. You know, we get submissions throughout the year. Um, we had over 600 international submissions this year, 
and it's just a really fun, exciting crop of little short plays, you know, mostly humorous, but there's some that, you know, are a little gut-wrenching as well, and, you know, creepy, and (laughs) it just runs the full gamut, and it's an exciting process to pick those plays. Again, all the company members are involved, um, as well as we have a few of our really long-term patrons that are involved in reading these submissions all year long. There's a huge committee. Um, so there's reading committees that do the first pass over all the plays, and then there's, you know, subcommittees that then take the best of that crop and do another read of it, and then eventually, it's, you know, we select about 50 plays that are done in an out loud reading with company members over a couple of days. Um, and from that, and every time that they're read again, they're rescored. And oh. so by the last time when, when we're doing this out loud reading, um, and nobody knows who the playwrights are because we take those off of the submission when we're reading. Mm. Um, in that last phase when we're reading them out loud, that entire room of actors and company members are scoring too. So by the last time, they've got you know, 20 people scoring um, to, to figure out which ones are the best of the best. So it's and then we really do select it based upon those scores. The top scores are the ones that we, uh, we pick for the season. So it's like the tagline says the year's best short play. So you are you are not exaggerating with that. That's not just like a kind of like, oh yeah, the best short plays. Like you really have put a process in to figure out these are the best short plays and we're gonna put them on. That's exactly right. Yeah, there's many stages uh, to make sure that we're doing due diligence um, to select the best that a group of people feel are the best. That's awesome. And so uh-huh. you have that coming up. That starts on January 16th. And then at the end of February, you have a show that I have never heard of before, but it, it sounds so interesting, Dead Man's Cell Phone. And I, uh, it's right. by Sarah Rule, uh, Brenda Locke is going to be directing it. It sounds so interesting. <laughs> it's re- yes, it's really fun. And it's, you know, it's, a, it's a play that has won some awards. I think it's from 2007 or 2008. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I seem to remember. Um and it, it is. It's, it's kind of a dark comedy, again. Um, we're actually very fortunate this year that we're doing two Sarah Rule plays. And I will tell you, we have been trying to do Sarah Rule plays for many years. We keep, as I mentioned earlier, when you apply to the licensing house for rights, you don't always get them. Mm. And our we have a unique situation being in San Pedro that uh, most of these licensing houses, Samuel French and Dramatists, they think that we're part of the central part of L.A., you know, we're, you know, part of the uh, you know, Hollywood Row, and we're not. We're also not Orange County, so a lot of times we don't get the rights because someone else is doing it, you know, 40 miles away from us, 30 miles away from us. And so the licensing house says, no, 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 it's in the same neighborhood. Well, we're not. <laughs> we're near the same neighborhood as those places, and our audience base is different. Um, you know, because in L.A., if you live in the South Bay, you don't go past Manhattan Beach very often if you don't have to because the traffic is so bad. So yeah, anyway, so we've been trying to do Sarah Rule for a really long time, and we've applied for many of our places. This one in particular, we applied last year, and we were denied. Mm. So we got it this year. But at the same time, we had applied for another Sarah Rule play 
you know, just as a backup. We thought, well, we'll just apply for them both, and certainly one of them will come through. And sure enough, we get them both. <laughs> and so I spent about a week debating and talking to company members and, you know, Lisa and I and Stephanie and I just, just you know, do you put two of the same playwrights, uh, two uh, playwrights, two of their plays in the same season? You know, because that's not usually what you do. Right. But these are such great plays. They're very female-focused. They're very unique voices. Um, they're just really exciting. And it, it's we've never done a Sarah rule at our space before, and I know that our audience is going to really love them. So we just decided we're going to do a both. Um, so this one, Branda is one of our favorite directors as well, company member. She's an actor and a director and a producer. And so she's taken on this. She loves this play as well. And it's going to be really exciting, very fantastical, um, and really interesting staging. Oh, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to that piece. And then, of course, you're doing uh, Eurydice uh, by Sarah Rule in October. That, right. that comes out. So that's, man, back-to-back -back Sarah Rule. All right, well, there you go. I love that, like, you, like, you ask and ask. It's like you get, uh, it's kind of the thing that if you keep knocking, eventually they just throw everything at you. And it's, it seems like that's exactly. you know, what happened here. <laughs> well, and, you know, when we know that, again, as I said, our company is so focused on supporting our artists and as well as, as our audiences, but, you know, specifically our artists. So these are plays that we all want to do that's going to, you know, help them advance their experience and their careers, you know, um, the quality of their work. And so uh, any opportunity I have to be able to support one of my artists in, you know, a piece that they feel strongly about, mm. I will do that. So I'm very happy that we have two of these in the season. Well, moving on from that, in April, you have uh, Becky's New Car uh, by Stephen Dietz. I hope I'm saying that correct. And uh, that yep. looks like a really fun, you know, a kind of a middle-age crisis. They say it's middle-age, middle management, and a middling marriage. Uh, so I think it seems like there's a lot going on in this, and I think it's going to be very relatable for people no matter what their age. And uh, that's going to be coming in April. Uh, it have Is this a new playwright? Have you worked with any of these people before? Um, yeah, no. So Stephen Dietz, we did his play last year, which was a very dark, uh, well, you know, it's a dark comedy, uh, but a little bit <laughs> darker than the comedy. Uh, we did, it was called On Clover Road, and Holly Baker Creedsworth, she directed that last year. And so she loves Stephen Dietz's work, as, as do I. Um, so she brought this one to us and said, let's try it, see if we can we can do it. And it definitely is going to appeal to our audiences because it is about a middle-aged woman, um, you know, navigating her longing and regret. And, uh, and, and her life takes a complete U-turn when she meets somebody. Oh. Um, yeah, so I think it will go over really well with our audiences. Yeah, that's, and that's Holly great. is a wonderful director as well, she, and she always has a, a good eye for uh, plays that are, you know, again, a little risky as well as, uh, you know, just have a lot of support from company members and designers, uh, so it's going to be a terrific show. Okay, and that's, that sounds like a lot of fun, and you're talking about a show I think that's going to be relatable, another show I think that's going to be very relatable to a lot of people for various reasons comes in May, late May, and that's going to be Stop Kiss 
uh, by Diana Sun, and it's going to be uh, directed by Margaret um, Shook. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Shook. Yeah, Shook. Uh-huh. Awesome. And it's about uh, two women, Callie and Sarah, who unexpectedly fall in love, and their first kiss kind of cr- creates all these uh, problems, violent problems, that, of course, they were not expecting. But even though this sounds pretty intense, one of the reviews that I saw for that you have on your website says that it's a poignant and funny play about the ways, both sudden and slow, that lives can irrevocably change, and that's from Variety. So, it, I mean, even though it sounds like a pretty heavy topic and something that I think a lot of people uh, can relate to, it does sound there also be humor to it, though. It would be fun. It does. It does. And this, again, is a risky play for us. Um, you know, it's an LGBT a Q play, um, but it, it is so heartfelt and beautiful. It's a beautiful story, and it's very topical and very real. The dialogue is so current, and, uh, you know, these, these are young women that, you know, you hear on the subway, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, on the street or in the cafes. I mean, this is, these are the challenges that women, young women are facing today. Um, and so it, it is, it does have some weight to it, but it is comedic as well. Uh, and I think people are going to fall in love with these two women and fall in love with their story of overcoming adversity. And, you know, just, we, we need to become much more aware of all the different kinds of love there are in this world mm. that we live in. And yeah. I think it's just poignant and funny and lovely. We can, the world can always use some more love, in my opinion, so I think anything that's adding to that is going to be good. And it's, uh, it sounds yeah. like a very, just very striking and interesting uh, piece. It is. It is. And so uh, later in the uh, year, in, in July, uh, really late July, uh, and into early August, you have uh, Tabelle and her demon? Tabelle? It's Tybella and her demon? Got it. Yeah, and this this is a really interesting play. And interestingly enough, so uh, it's going to be directed by Richard Curlock, who is one of our fantastic actors and directors at Little Fish Theater. He's been with us for many, many, many years. Um, Very talented. This is a play that he has been wanting to do for probably about five years at the space. Um, And it's a tricky play. Uh, it's a little bit risky in that, uh, you know, it's, it's a different kind of love. Uh, it's, it's romantic, it's funny, but it also has some um, kind of chauvinistic qualities to it. Ultimately, it's a really beautiful, moving play. And it, uh, what I was going to say about it, though, originally is, so I met Richard Perloff about 20, I don't know, more than 20 years ago. And in San Diego, because he was in this show. And it was this play that I had never heard of, and I didn't know anything about him, and I went to see it. And it actually wasn't until about five years ago that I realized that he was the same guy. I've known Richard <laughs> for many, many years now, but but I didn't know him. There was a huge gap from when I met him at this play, and then he's a company member with Little Fish Theater, and I'm seeing him for years doing shows, and then I thought, boy, there's something really familiar about him. And then he brought up this play, and I said, oh, my gosh, that's why. That's how I know you. And so this 
played, which was wonderful. It was so eye-opening and surprising and interesting and funny and sexy. Um, and, I, and, you know, I'm, I'm very thrilled that we're doing it. It's not done very often. It's not very done often at all. Um, but I think, it, I think our audiences are going to love it. Yeah, now, wow, yeah, you sold me on that. Now I'm like, oh, I really want to see this. Uh, this sounds like, I don't know, it just sounds like a rare experience. Like, you just got to go out and you got to see it because you're not sure when it's going to pop up again. Mm-hmm, exactly. You're not, you're not, yeah. And, you know, one of the playwrights of that, Isaac Bashir, is a singer, you know, he's from Indian Wants Bronx, and he has, you know, a huge career in, like, the 50s and 60s. Um, and so he's a co-playwright on this piece. But it's, but it's very female-driven, mm. very female-driven. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, I mean, now I'm like, I'm doubly sold. <laughs> <laughs> um, in September, we have Rabbit Hole, a play that I've seen many times, but I, every time I see it, I love it. It's something that, because I think every time someone does this play, I get something new out of it, and it's always been done so differently. I've seen it done with everything is kind of like the house is a character in and of itself. I've seen it done where there's uh-huh. no set and it's all just lights and uh, a few props. And I've seen it done right. in a more immersive uh, kind of way. So it's there's so many ways to do this show and every time I see it, I leave it with a new thing to think about. And you, you are doing this in September uh, with Stephanie uh, A. Coltrane directing. Yes, and Stephanie, if you directed Lonesome West, so you're gonna love it. Right. That's I'm like <laughs> I was like, I love her directing. I think she does a fantastic job. So I'm like I know she's gonna bring something different to this piece. Yeah, it's so powerful. It's one of those plays where it is equally heartbreaking and heartwarming. Mm. Um it's again, just such a human play, which is the kind of work that I love to do. I want people to come in there and be transformed by, you know, all the human qualities that we have and the, and the human struggles that we have. So this place totally taps into all of that. It's, and I think as you were talking about different types of productions you've seen, we can't help but make it immersive because our space is so small. So mm-hmm. I think you're going to experience a very immersive, very intimate uh, portrait of this couple and you know their lives. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I mean, as soon as I saw the as soon as I saw that Stephanie was directing, I was like, oh, this is going to this is something I have to see. This is going to be really exciting. It's going to be really interesting, and I know this space is going to be used in an incredible way. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, we've spoken earlier about uh, Eurydice, but later in October, you also have Chills and Thrills, which is a cult- weird and freaky short plays, which sounds like a ton of fun. It is. It's very much like Pick of the Vine for the Halloween season, um, and we started doing this about five years ago. Uh, a couple of our company members, Margaret Shook and uh, Annie Vest, they take this on, and they do a similar thing that we do with Pick of the Vine, just on a much smaller scale. They usually have about three three or four playwrights. Um, some, of the, some of the playwrights who have written year after year after year for Pick of the Vine, the plays that we've selected, we kind of go to them and say, come up with something creepy or freaky or <laughs> twisted. Um, 
And and then we do again this little short play festival uh, just for three or four performances. So it's it's going to be really fun. We're doing one thing that we are doing this year is we're not doing the evening show on Saturday, October thirty first. We usually do a show on the thirty first. But here's the problem: like all the people that are in the show, they can't go trick or treating with their kids. Oh. <laughs> so, so we've decided we're just going to do uh, the matinee on that thir- on the thirty first, so that our company members get to spend time with their families. Oh, that's nice. So, hey, that works. Yeah. Everyone wins. <laughs> Everyone wins. Yes. So, in getting close to the end of the year, you have November, uh, early November. You have dancing and excuse me, pronounce this wrong. Lud Nasa. No, it's dancing at Lunasa. Lunasa. Uh-huh. And Lunasa is a time of year, right? It's the harvest. Yes. And so this is a beautiful Irish play, which many people will have probably seen um, at different theaters because it's been around for a long time. But uh, like Lonesome West, you know, it's, it's a fantastic uh, Irish playwright who really gets, you know, is, is really great at telling family stories, you know, about mm. the you know, just chaos in families and, and, and how we survive each other. Um, and this one is a little bit of a period piece because it's in the 30s. Uh, and it's, it's a lovely story about uh, five Catholic women and the young. It's, it's, it's an, actually a memory play. So it's told from the perspective of the son of one of the five sisters uh, of this time, you know, back in Ireland with all the ladies together and it deals with love and, you know, unrequited love and ambition. Um, yeah, and it's, it's beautiful. So we, we decided to do that at the end of the year um, because we kind of ran out of Christmas plays, <laughs> as you do. We ran out of Christmas stories and just really wanted to focus on heartwarming uh, family stories. So this is, this is a lovely one. And, again, being a period piece, you'll see the theater transformed. Um, into another time period, which is going to be exciting. Oh, that sounds really... I've never gotten to see this play. Uh, I know that in 1992, it won the Tony Award for Best Play. So uh, this is something that Mm -hmm. I really am curious to see. Um, I've seen a lot of shows this year. I I think I've seen about 109, 110 shows uh, so far this year (laughs) in L.A. So anytime I can see a show like I've never seen this before, um, but I know that there's a lot of history behind it. I, I try to seek it out and go and go check it out. Yeah, you have to. I mean, the script is just terrific. The dialogue, the, it's just really, really a classic piece. Mm. So the final uh, uh, big play you have of the year is A Moment, which is a world premiere musical, uh, and that's going to be uh, directed by Brand Delong and written by Catherine Farron, and that's coming uh, December 10th. It's coming to A Little yeah. Fish. It is, and so Catherine Farron is one of our company members, our young, one of our younger company members, and she is so talented. She is a fantastic actress, a singer, a musician, and a playwright, and we just did her first uh, world premiere. It just closed last week, Embridge, which was a beautiful kind of Jane Austen modern tale, um, so this is a musical, because she is a singer and a, and a musician, this is a musical that she wrote. Uh, and we did a staged reading of it this year, because we will do that occasionally with someone's new work, you know, do it for uh, uh, some of our patrons and subscribers and say, what do you think about this? Do you think that, you know, we should do a full mounting of this? And it was really successful. People loved it. It's, 
a beautiful story of a young couple um, who shouldn't meet, and yet they do meet, and, you know, lives are changed. Um, so it's, it's a very small, intimate play with just the two characters, and uh, but it is a musical. It's lovely. And we are doing just a two-weekend run of it um, at Christmas time because the show is actually, the, the play is actually uh, set at Christmas in Los Angeles. So uh, we thought, we got to do it. Uh, so it's going to be really exciting. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, anytime it's uh, anytime I hear oh Christmas Eve in a dive bar, I'm like wow, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be really cute. Well, this seems like a wonderful upcoming season, and Patrick and I, the LA Theater Bites, we're very excited about seeing these shows. I'm sure we'll be going to check out many of them. We'll also be talking to people about these shows and hoping that they go to see them. And if you want to find out more about Little Fish and their upcoming production, right there on the website, easy to use, great interface. Just go to Little Fish Theater. That's theater with a T R E dot O R G. Theater Little Little Fish Theater dot org. You can check out their upcoming 2020 season. Um, Suzanne, before we go, I just wanted to give you a chance if you wanted to kind of give a shout out to anyone or anything to just go ahead and uh, let people know about them, let our listeners know about anything. The last thing I want to say is how grateful I am to our uh, subscribers and supporters. One of the things that we do at Little Fish Theater is that we we always pay all of our actors, whether they're union or non-union, um, and the only way that we're able to do that is through the contributions to the actor fund. We have an actor fund that we run every year, January to December, to raise the full budget that we need to pay all of these actors. And mm. this year we we absolutely filled it about a week ago. And I'm so thrilled. And I, really, the theater could not survive without the company artists. They are the most important thing that we have going for us. They're the backbone. I love them all. And I'm so proud to say that we're able to support them financially uh, every time they do a show with us. So, but, but that's because of the tremendous support we get from our community. Hmm. That's awesome. That's, awesome. Well, that's, that's great. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. That's, uh, people who maybe don't know exactly how all theaters work uh, behind the scenes, that's a very rare thing to be able to do. And I think that's wonderful that you're able to do it. Yeah, yeah, we're very proud of it. So, uh, we love our, our audiences. They're fantastic. <laughs> so come check us out. Yes. Please. <laughs> if you haven't checked us out before, please do. It's a very – and San Pedro is going through this huge renaissance down there. I don't know if you've noticed, Matthew. I have. But we have all these new rest, new restaurants opening up. Um, most of them are around the corner from us because we're in the downtown San Pedro Arts District. Um, so really within a two-block radius walking distance to the theater, we have a fantastic, you know, French restaurant and, and Whale and Ale pub, and then we have uh, a Mexican restaurant, and we have, you know, Mediterranean food. We have so much to, to choose from now. It's really an exciting place to be. It is. So come down. It is. It is. <laughs> Please, yes, everyone go down there. Spend a, a nice uh, evening, afternoon in the city. It's so nice. It's, uh, as someone who's lived in Inglewood and now lives in the Valley, when you get out there and you're seeing the shows, it's like everything in the best ways. It's just a little bit more quiet, a little more serene, and it's the perfect environment to see a theater show. I agree. I agree. Well, once again, Suzanne, thank you so much for being here on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. It means a lot. 
and I look forward to seeing your shows, and I look forward to seeing everything that's coming on here in the Little Fish Theater community. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for your support, too. We really appreciate it. Of course. And thank you, everyone, for your support listening to this episode. Make sure to check us out at latheaterbites.com, where you can check out reviews, more interviews like this. We'll be back with more episodes in the new season, so we really appreciate your support and your continued listenership of our program. And we'll talk to you all very soon.